regular Drews. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 59. 59. Wow. I know. Um, today we're going to be discussing number 17 of the original mystery stories, The Mystery of the Brass-Bound Trunk. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? I learned that from the Nancy Drew detective. Okay, go. You think you can follow the clues and solve the case of the missing condiment, Nancy Drew? Yeah. Because I've read every Nancy Drew mystery ever written. Nancy, please tell me you're joking. Wow, you suck at this Nancy Drew stuff. You should get a new hobby. My name is Carson Drew, and this is my assistant, Nancy. Nancy. Nancy Drew. It's curtains for you, Miss Drew. Nancy. Nancy Drew strikes again. A regular Nancy Drew. And now you read both both versions, right? I did. Okay, I've only I read did. the revised, so I'm very curious to know how the original was. I'm very excited to tell you it. Uh, yeah, I I just just to start off, I loved I loved the original text. Really? Okay. Yes. Then Ooh. I loved the revised text. Now I still thought the revised text was good. Um, oh, I thought it was great. I, I loved and it. And I can even see like why they made some of the changes that they made. Um, but no, uh, hands down, the original text was so good. Such really? a good story. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited to talk about that as well. But like overall, the whole story the, from the revised and the original text is just a good story. Yeah. It's just a good ass story. Like... Sorry, I'm just what? pulling up who who wrote it here. It was Mildred. Up. I just looked to it Mildred was Harriet Benson. did the revised and Mildred did and, the original. Okay, yeah, yeah. So and it's our classic structure here. <laughs> I have in my notes that um, it was a pretty big change in the plot. Is that right, or is it pretty yeah. similar? Well, so yeah, it was a pretty big change in the plot, but it's still very um, reminiscent of the original it's still very much about a trunk mix-up which is yeah which is which is basically what the revised and yeah it's what they're both about is essentially a trunk mix-up the i say just in general the original text plot is just so much more so much more okay it's like it has a lot more to it um, and of course, a lot of a lot about it is different, but this, the whole plot is so much richer, um, and there's so much more complexity to it, mm-hmm. um, and it makes it just such a a better read. Yeah. <laughs> just so you're just so much more wrapped with attention um, as to what's going on, and and curi- curious, so much more curiosity about it than I did about the first one. But um, ooh, okay, yeah, um, but yeah, both still. Very, very good. Both I loved reading. Ooh. Both, yeah. I need to get my hands on the original text apparently because mm-hmm. that sounds really exciting. It's very good. I definitely, I highly recommend. And I mean, I don't think I've read a huge amount of the original text ones. I know I've, I like over the course of my life, I have, but I couldn't say, you know, top ten or whatever. But I can only imagine that this would be 
very highly okay. rated amongst. Really? Yes. Yes. Uh, excellent. It's excellent. Very good. It's very good. Oh, man. I can't wait to hear about it then. Awesome. So what are your initial thoughts, Corey? Um, well, we, uh, again, we had our patrons vote on this one. And this one won. It was actually a tiebreaker. Um, mm. Someone told us that this one is a little bit... Um, more crazy and <laughs> unexpected and wild than than some of the yep. other books and um i would have to agree it was pretty wild but oh, yeah. i loved it in in all the best ways it was crazy and out of control and uh-huh. you get like in the first couple chapters even you get whiplash trying to figure out what the mystery even is of like <laughs> all right we've got this trunk mix up but now there's this guy like speaking sign language over there and acting really shady about it and now we have like oh maybe there's a spy in our room and Uh now do we need to watch the spy and like it just it keep like new things just keep coming Mm -hmm. up all the time it's like wait hold on i thought i knew where this was going and i absolutely did not and also just just one word to just whet your appetite um meteor yes (laughs) (laughs) not meteor as in like meat but meteor as in like rock falling <laughs> out of the sky meteor oh my gosh yeah i almost forgot so... about that part because everything else <laughs> in this book is so crazy oh yeah yeah that one doesn't happen in the original text oh, but in the original text just as bananas things happen oh excellent um, okay nancy gets struck by lightning what and well yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah (laughs) it really holds up it holds up that's amazing (laughs) i definitely need to read this as soon as possible um okay do we want to talk about the cover art a little bit definitely yes so the most the most recent um cover on the revised text is rudy nappy of course um and I, i checked out my copy from the library i had to do an interlibrary loan oh. so I have like this big sticker over the front of it oh, and no. I can't even look at it <laughs> but uh, I've seen pictures <laughs> yeah it's got Nancy on the cover you know it's one of his classic you know Vishne things with a bunch of different things from the book and so it's Nancy in the middle with a ship behind her and then the front is the brass bound trunk and then also like a bunch of jewels just kind of scattered about. It's very dark and moody looking. It's yes. very mysterious. I appreciate it. What do you think? Oh, I think it's gorgeous. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Very intriguing. Um, but then we also have a couple additional covers. Um, the original 1940 cover art um, apparently depicts Nancy and George attempting to stop Nancy's trunk from being removed from this ship. Um, and I actually have the 1962 Rudy Nappy version Okay. Um, with it's the same scene. It's just um, them wearing slightly updated outfits. Perfect. Kennedy suits. Jackie Kennedy. Very lovely. Suits. Yeah. And you can see. I don't know if you can see the boat, but you can just make out like oh, the hey. name just yeah. right there. Yeah. The patrician, right? That's what they called it. I do not remember actually. Oh, it's because it's a different it's a different boat in this. I think they give mm. the boat a different name. That's why. It's the patrician in the um, original text version. Cool. <laughs> I don't know that the um, boat name really had much of a significance no. in the revised. So I mean, it didn't really in the original text either. Oh, I, okay. I don't, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless it's something that I didn't understand, but 
because I guess I don't even really know what a patrician is. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Oh, well, now I gotta look it okay. up. Okay. <laughs> An aristocrat or nobleman. Okay. Oh, okay. Huh. Okay. Well, yeah, that could have a little bit of a meaning. Sure. I guess. Yeah, because there's a lot of um, class stuff in the original text. Um, I'm sure you can imagine. Um, but we'll, we'll have to talk about that later. Oh, I did remember the name of the boat um, in the revised. It's the Winshoten. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Oh, that's right. It's Dutch. But it's yeah. the same name as the city in the Netherlands. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, the Winshoten. Yes, mm-hmm. it's on page one. <laughs> if there's any Dutch speakers listening, I apologize because this might be a little bit rough to listen to. Cause the... Yeah, there are some Dutch terms. Dutch terms. Because Nancy's inexplicably traveling from Holland to New York. For we no never explanation find out of why. why. No. I had to look it up to see if book 16 like yeah, was, was ending in Holland. in Holland or something. It does not. Um, I don't know what... <laughs> what we were picking up from there but whatever oh so annoying yeah i yeah that was my biggest my biggest (laughs) annoyance of the whole book it's like why why is she on this boat we get reasons for why everybody else is on the boat just about just not nancy best and george no we never know doesn't matter (laughs) they're just traveling they're just going back to new york it's fine going home yep from what what were you doing in holland just traveling just why? You know, mystery? I wish that would have made it would have been, been so a really cool story. Much better. They did that they do that in the Nancy Drew diaries now. Yeah. You know. It kind of makes sense to do that. So. Makes makes so much sense, but I guess that would be too um that would hearken to too much of a timeline. Maybe. Yeah, fair enough. It got to the point where I got to like chapter five and I had to go back and reread chapter one just to make sure I didn't miss some explanation of why she was there. Because I, I was like, they still haven't said, did I? Yeah. Okay, but nope, they just <laughs> never told us. Yeah, yeah. Bummer. Uh, speaking of the diaries, um, oh. it's, uh, you know, also set on a cruise ship, just like Curse of the Arctic Star. Did you have a mm-hmm. preference on which cruise mystery we covered here? Oh, that's such a hard question, Corey, because they're just so different. They are different. Arctic uh, Star was a great book, but I don't know. It was a great book. This one and is a great just so mystery. classic. But yeah, but this one is so classic is just such a good word for it. It's just got all of the hallmarks of a original mystery story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I Oh I mean like I would I would it just depends on who I was recommending the book to. Fair you know enough. What I mean? Yeah. Like, if I was recommending the book to a young modern reader, I'd recommend The Nate's Jew Diary. I'd recommend The Arctic Star. But if you're old like me (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, you have a soft spot for Nancy Drew, then 100% the mystery of the brass brass bound trunk is what I I would point you to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they're just, they're both delicious books. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Different reasons. Yeah. Different reasons. Agreed. Okay. Okay. Three words. Yes. Luggage, I guess. Luggage, (laughs) yes. Well, I would even go so far as to say outfits. Outfits. Okay. I like it. (laughs) 
because there is a whole lot of changing clothes, of playing like dress mm-hmm. up for no reason. Um, and like talking about Nancy's clothes and Nancy having to borrow clothes because yeah. her luggage is missing, all of this stuff. So much about clothes. And that is the same in the uh, original text as well. Really? Just shopping. Just so much shopping. Mm-hmm. Shopping and clothes and clothes and clothes and changing. And there's a lot of, yeah. A lot. You could even say like outfits that come from luggage that bear the initials yes. ND, and that would still <laughs> apply to a lot of things in the mystery. Yes. So true. Um, yeah. Okay. Cruise. Then, cruise ship. Yeah. Cruise ship's got to be on there. Um, crazy random happenstance. Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh. Perfect. Yeah. Close. Cruise. Crazy random happenstance. <laughs> yes. The mystery of the brass bound trunk. There we go. <laughs> I love it. Y'all don't even need to read it now. Just the essence no, of that. that's it. That's, That's it. it. That's the whole book. That's the whole book. You've got it in a nutshell, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, let's just jump right in then. Yeah. Okay. So, at the start of Chapter 1, Nancy, Bess, and George, they are, as we said, taking a boat from Holland to New York for some inexplicable reason. Um, they're standing on the deck, um, and everybody's, like, you know, on the crowd, in the you know, on the shore and on the boat. Everybody's waving goodbye as the ship is departing. Um, and Nancy sees someone on shore signing something in sign language. Um, and Nancy, of course, has to take this opportunity to tell us that she had learned sign language at one point, um, which, hey, another skill. Um, but she only remembers certain letters, like she remembers the letters of her own name. Fair enough. Because that's all she that's all she remembers. So as she's like watching this man sign something, she can't see his face. Um, she's shocked to see him sign, uh, like E W A R E. It's like the end of like beware. So beware, Nancy Drew and N E. Hmm. hmm. And then that's all that she can see, and that's all she can make out that he's signing before somebody like obscures her view, like steps in front of him. So she's so like. <laughs> fixated on watching this guy sign that she almost falls overboard um and (laughs) Bess has to like pull her back so that she doesn't fall this is honestly we should have talked about the illustrations on the inside oh they're excellent they are so good it's one of the best illustrations in the book is Bess pulling Nancy back on board Mm -hmm. this ship because nancy is just like parallel (laughs) to like the water like her body is like entirely just like halfway over this boat it's so funny anyway Bess pulls her back so she's fine um but she's thinking about this she's like i'm not on a case like why should someone beware of me and you know who is this any person that they're also like warning someone about um, so she tells Bess and George what she saw, and they decide they should split up to see if they can find anyone else communicating in sign language that, like, might have been the person on the ship that this message was intended for. Um, so they split up, and Nancy searches, but she can't find anyone, so she heads back to their cabin. 
Um, and in their cabin, she meets a girl who's going to be their roommate while they're on board. This is Nelda Detweiler, and she is the niece of the captain. Um, she is from South Africa, but she is heading to the States for school. And Nancy is just like immediately suspicious of Nelda. She thinks that she might be the N.E. from the signed message because her name starts with N.E. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, why would she be assigned to their cabin? This is very weird. Um, she also her story is just like a little fishy. Like she just she talks about how she just quickly got into school and she just managed to like get on this ship. And so Nancy is like suspicious of her. And she even thinks that she might be a spy, which excellent. I don't know where she got that, but okay. Um, but she's not on the case. Don't worry. Right. Not on the right, case. <laughs> right, right. Not on the case at all. God, no wonder Nancy finds a mystery everywhere she goes. She creates them. Mm-hmm. Nancy is the reason the mysteries happen. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so she just resolves to tell Bess and George to help her keep an eye on this Nelda character. Um, Bess and George do eventually arrive to their cabin as well, and they're all introduced to Nelda. Everybody's getting along great. Um, and then the cabin steward, Heinrich, comes in, and he gives them all, like, a stare down for some weird reason. Heinrich is very suspicious also. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Um, he stares at Nelda like the longest, like he gives her like a really long stare and it's super weird and everybody is uncomfortable. But then he leaves um, and their luggage is delivered um, and a trunk arrives that has the initials ND on it, but it's not Nancy's trunk. So she assumes that it must belong to Nelda because Nelda Detweiler also has the same initials as Nancy Drew ND. Um, but Nelda says, yeah, no, that's not mine either. Hmm, very weird. So Nancy goes into the crowded corridor to try to flag down the porter who had delivered the trunk. Um, But the hallway is like very crowded and, you know, there's like luggage getting delivered all over the place. So she's trying to like make her way through this crowded hallway. And then she just overhears someone complaining that they saw them deliver their trunk to the wrong room and that it was supposed to go to storage. But because it's so crowded, she can't see who it was. And by the time that she makes it down the hallway, they're gone. She can't find them. Interesting. So they decide to look at the trunk to figure out if they can identify who it belongs to, but there are no stickers or tags or anything like that. Weirdly enough, Nancy's trunk, which is like almost identical to this one, is missing from the cabin. So like this is not Nancy's trunk, but Nancy's trunk also didn't get delivered. So maybe the trunks got switched somehow, but it's weird how that might have happened because all trunks should have been labeled so we don't know whatever maybe the tags fell off or something so nancy decides to go to the purser's office to report the trunk um and ask after hers i didn't know that this was a thing that you could do on cruise ships i guess there is a purser's office on every cruise i don't know uh interesting (laughs) um but so we meet the purser and his name oh god is my favorite part his name is rod havelock (laughs) sorry i just didn't scream um he's also incredibly attractive go figure nancy tells him about the trunk situation and he says that they haven't had one reported as missing um and no one has reported nancy's luggage being misdelivered so he also says that there's no one else on board aside from nancy and nelda who have the initials nd but hopefully someone will come forward soon as you know hey this trunk got put in my cabin it's not mine right um 
Nancy also asks if there's anyone deaf on board, remembering the sign language situation, and Rod says he'll check and let her know. <laughs> what? <laughs> this seems like a violation of um, the, of uh, travelers' privacy, but, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, Nancy then goes back to their cabin and kind of just laments that with her luggage missing, she has nothing to wear. Um, and Nelda insists that she use her clothes. And they have a fun time dressing Nancy up in Nelda's traditional South African dress. Um, and Bess makes a racist remark about natives. Yep. Um, and then <laughs> there's a knock on the door. Um, and George goes to open the door and look out, but there's no one there. Um, they then realize that actually someone has slid an envelope under the door. Um, they look at it and it's addressed to Nelda. So Nelda takes it and opens it up and she starts to cry. She, her face just like drops and she like totally starts freaking out. And she says, oh dear, I've been followed. Oh my God. Maybe Nelda is a spy. Maybe. (laughs) So um, they convince Nelda to confide in Nancy, of course, because Nancy is a detective and can definitely help because Nancy is so helpful. So she should tell Nancy everything. So she does. She tells us that back in Johannesburg, where she's from, she was in a jewelry store when she saw a man steal a bunch of jewelry without the clerk noticing. So she told the clerk, but the clerk didn't believe her and actually like accused her of stealing the jewelry. Um, she of course denied it, but another woman like approaches them while they're having this conversation and says that she should search Nelda's purse. She saw Nelda take the jewelry. Um, and Nelda agrees because she doesn't have anything to hide. She didn't take the jewelry, you know, and she doesn't think anything's in her purse, but somehow when they open up her purse, a diamond bracelet from the store is inside it. Hmm. Um, so Nancy, of course, surmises that this is a ploy to throw suspicion off of the thief and that the woman who suggested searching Nelda's bag was in on this con, right? And that must she must have planted this bracelet in Nelda's purse. Um, Nelda ended up getting legal help and the store didn't press charges. Um, but soon after this incident, Nelda started getting like these threatening letters telling her to turn over her family's valuables or she'd be like harmed, like someone would come after her. Um, horrifying. So she flees Johannesburg and then she's been staying in Holland with her uncle ever since. Um, And she just got into the school in the U.S. So that is why she really is on this trip to get to the U.S. to go to school. But that's why she's here. Um, So because she received this threatening letter on this ship, Nancy thinks that someone involved in this jewelry theft ring situation must be on board. Um, Nelda says that she remembers the face of the man who stole the jewelry. And so they decide to go search for him. Like maybe he's here, maybe he's on the ship. So let's go look. Um, of course they don't find anyone who looks like him. Um, it may be that he isn't on board and just like a collaborator of his is, um, Bess makes up weird poetry about not being able to find this guy. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah. was bizarre. I think that might have been like an attempt to carry over something from the original text. Oh, okay. Um, there is a mm. guy on board the ship who like sent Nancy a poem. Um, and oh, okay. But but it's <laughs> it's we- it's a weird. It's like why did you feel the need to do that? Oh, of everything. Okay. Mm. Anyway, great. Ew. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't that gross. It wasn't. It, it wasn't like a romantic thing. Okay, I assume like a love poem of Oh Nancy. No, it's it was just a really weird situation. 
Um, and, and I think that this was their way of trying to, you know, keep poetry in it somehow, but it's like, you did not need to do that. That was weird in, in both <laughs> situations. Um, so then they go have dinner with the captain who's now this uncle. Um, and they explain the whole situation to him, you know, about the trunk and the note and the sign language and everything. Um, and he says he's going to have a locksmith that they have on ship come to their cabin the next day to break into the trunk so that they can try to figure out who it belongs to. <laughs> then after dinner, I'll just like remind you guys, this is chapter three that we're in right now. Chapter three. After dinner, the girls go take a walk on deck and a meteor falls out of the sky. Like, literally, not, oh, they see a shooting star and it looks no. a little little suspect for a second. No, a meteor literally comes meteor. down out of space. <laughs> oh my God. And misses their boat by apparently inches. It doesn't actually hit the boat, but it does, like, you know, hit the water so hard that it causes this massive tidal wave that rocks the whole <laughs> boat. People are, like, flying across the ship down... <laughs> Chapter three. Chapter three. You guys. They're falling all over the place. They're screaming. Nancy, Bess, George, and Nelda are all fine. But of course they're shaken up by this because who would expect a meteor to fall out of the sky? (laughs) Some divine intervention. So they're fine. But of course, like not everybody is because there's hundreds of people on this ship. Um, So they managed to like help people get medical attention. They help carry some people to stretchers and get them to the infirmary. But they eventually get back to their cabin. Um, George has like a nightgown that she was going (laughs) to use for a costume party that's supposed to take place later on the cruise. But uh, Nancy doesn't have anything to sleep in. So she borrows it to sleep. Uh, so they go to bed, and then the next day, the locksmith, the locksmith, the um, captain sent up, go- comes to the cabin, and after a great deal of effort, manages to unlock the trunk. Um, apparently, it's got some special, like, super complicated lock on it that was really hard to open, but he does get it open, and all they find inside is a bunch of men's clothing and like some it's wigs and like stuff. Almost like you would find that in a trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the locksmith is just like, what? Why did you girls call me down here to unlock your dad's clothes? Like, who's, what is this? (laughs) And George is like, oh, yeah, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, step into the hallway. Goodbye. And just, like, closes the door on him. (laughs) But then Heinrich comes and knocks on the door, and he sees the trunk, like, behind them in the open doorway. And George also has to, like, usher him out very quickly and shut him out really quickly. Um, So they call the cabin. He comes down to the room and helps them look through everything. And they notice that... Actually, it looks like maybe disguises more than just outfits. They have a bunch of um, really nice suits, some work clothes, some wigs, just like a wide variety of clothing types and styles. And Nancy decides that the person who owns this trunk must be an unsavory character because who would have costumes ready at their disposal in a trunk (laughs) that they're not even willing to claim? That is a little bit weird. I'll give her that. Right, right. Uh, but then uh, Heinrich comes back and says that Rod, the purser, wants to meet with Nancy. So, of course, we're going to go running. <laughs> I can't get over this guy's name. Rod. Rod. Rod Havelock. That's such a sexy name. And he's very like... handsome, obviously. <laughs> and he's very interested in Nancy, obviously. And he's very capable, as we'll see. So There's no shortage of 
handsome men who want to date Nancy on this boat. They're all no, over the place. That should have been one of our three words. Yeah. <laughs> handsome men wanting to date Nancy. Because yes. geez. Yeah. Um, so Nancy and George go to see Rod. Um, he tells them that after the meteor hit, a bunch of luggage got jostled around in the hold, and they ended up finding a trunk that has the initials ND on it. Um, so he says, you know what, Nancy, you should go down there and just, you know, identify the trunk, make sure that it is actually yours, and if so, we'll have somebody bring it up to your room. So Nancy and George go down into the hold, and they meet Peter, who is a member of the crew who shows them where the luggage room is. Um, unfortunately, though, right when they go in, the ship makes this huge jolt and a bunch of luggage and boxes and trunks all like, I guess they have like a big net over them, keeping them in place in the hold. Uh, well, I guess that breaks and all of it just like goes flying around the room. And Peter ends up being pretty injured from this. Um, George is actually completely unresponsive, though. So Nancy, even though she's kind of hurt by this, she manages to get the luggage off of herself, goes to get help, and then gets another crew member to come in. Um, together, they get the box off of Peter, and then George goes and tries to revive Nancy, I did. <laughs> and then Nancy goes and tries to revive George a little bit, but she will not come to. Um, and then Nancy also faints, I guess, from being so worried about George. Uh, and then <laughs> when she finally wakes up, she and George are both in the infirmary. Um, the nurse tells Nancy that George is okay. They let Nancy get up and go see her. George is awake, but she sustained a pretty big bump on the head, and the doctor is going to keep her under observation for at least 24 hours. So um, now George is out of commission on this mystery, at least for today. So Nancy calls Bess and Nelda to let them know what happened. But when she does call, Bess says, come quick, something terrible has happened. So Nancy has to, you know, get herself checked out of the infirmary. She rushes up to the cabin where she finds Bess and Nelda are completely terrified. Um, apparently Heinrich brought two men in who claimed to be plumbers to work on their shower because apparently the plumbing was leaking or something, even though they didn't notice anything was wrong with their shower. Um, but then Heinrich leaves and then the girls are like, guys, you don't need to be here. There's nothing wrong with our shower. They try to steal the trunk and like, put like, ugh, get them out of the way and then try to run off with it. Um, but they start screaming and then Heinrich you know, here's this and some other passengers hear it. So the men get scared and they run off. Um, but they do threaten them and tell them like, we'll be back. You won't hear the last of us just yet. Um, so Nancy's like, Oh, let me call Rod and see what he would do. <laughs> um, so he comes She's down to the cabin. I know. <laughs> Everything is an excuse to call Rod or take Rod's uh -huh. elbow or, Oh, I need uh -huh. Rod to help me with this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's also supposed to be, like, a little bit older. You Which know is I mean? a little weird, yeah. I mean, how old could you be and have this job? They're not hiring teenagers for this, like, high-responsibility yeah. role, you know? It's probably in his mid to late 20s. Yeah. I do think... So, wait, I do think he's not actually the purser. I think he's, like, the assistant to the purser. Oh, yeah. No, that does sound just, right. Yeah. Just FYI. So, maybe he's not that old, but, yeah. Sure. Well... <laughs> Either way, he's still infatuated with Nancy. So, of course, he comes running down to the cabin and says, you know what? Um, you know, I know that Nelda took like the last available bed on the ship because it was a last minute thing. But we actually have an entirely empty room adjoining to the room <laughs> next to yours that she could have taken the whole time. But, you know, this makes it easier. So, um, of course, it's like one of those where you can 
access each room from the hallway, but then there is the door in between them that you wouldn't have to go out into the hallway to access the other room. So Rod gives him the key to the adjoining cabin. Um, and he says, what if we store, you know, the mystery trunk in the other cabin so that if anyone tries to come in, um, they won't be able to, you know, steal it from you because they won't know where it is. Um, and he also has Nancy's trunk brought up in the dead of night, or he's planning to have Nancy's trunk brought up in the middle of the night so that if the men do return, they, they will just see that, you know, that I was actually Nancy's trunk and they were mistaken. Um, and then, you know, of course, also Nancy will get her clothing back. <laughs> so yeah, later that night, Rod shows back up and they hide the trunk in, or no, so they hide the keys to the, the room next door in the back of Nelda's wardrobe. And then Nancy goes with Rod to get her trunk from the hold. Um, when they come back to the room, they find Bess, but no Nelda. Bess tells us that she went to sleep and when she woke up, Nelda was gone. Oh gosh. Great. So Nancy goes to the key, goes to Nelda's wardrobe immediately to look to find the keys and they're missing too. Um, but Rod has this hunch um, at where Nelda has gone and he tries the door to the adjoining room and it's unlocked and we find Nelda asleep on the bed. Um, she wakes up and she explains that like soon after Bess fell asleep, the phone rang and a man was on the line and told Nelda that he would throw her overboard if she mentioned the Johannesburg incident to anyone. Too late for that. Uh, um. So Nelda was terrified and she got so scared that uh, to be in the cabin because clearly they knew what cabin to call, right? Um, so she was so scared to be in the cabin that she took the keys and decided to hide next door. Rod tells her that she shouldn't go places alone, especially after getting that threat. And we're all like, oh, you're so right, Rod. Thank you so much for that insight. <laughs> um, and they hide the brass bound trunk in the adjoining room and then they all go to bed. Um, after breakfast the next morning, the girls go back to the cabin and they find Heinrich tidying up because he's the cabin steward and, and that's his job um, and staring at Nancy's trunk. Does he suspect that it's a different one than the one that was in the room yesterday? Um, but he leaves very soon after. And then the locksmith is back. He wants to show a fancy lock and key to the girls, supposedly. Or is it really that he's there because Heinrich told him about the trunk being different and he came to try to check it out for himself? Hmm. Maybe. Okay. But then he leaves, and then the girls decide to go visit George in the infirmary. She's doing much better, and then she should be that she should be released by dinner. And they go play shuffleboard. <laughs> um, well, Nancy, uh, well, Nancy's playing. She notices a man sitting nearby practicing sign language. Um, she watches and sees him use the letters N E C, and then like something A C E. So could he be spelling the word necklace, maybe? Um, she approaches him and asks him if he's deaf. Um, he says no, um, but his father is, and he's practicing to be able to communicate with him. Um, he asks Nancy if she speaks sign language, and she says no. <laughs> um, she only knows her own name. This unnerves him, though. He's definitely suspicious of Nancy, so he leaves. Um, but Nancy decides to follow him. So we follow him for a while, and he's heading straight in the direction of Nancy's cabin. Yikes. Um, but he stops, and he stops to speak to someone. Who else but Heinrich? Huh. And he slips Heinrich a bill. 
Hmm. So the man leaves, and Nancy decides to just straight up confront Heinrich and say, Hey, Heinrich, who was that? <laughs> um, and Heinrich claims that he is a man named Mr. August, and that he, Heinrich, was his steward on a previous trip. Um, and Nancy's like, well, why did he give you money? And Heinrich says that he had bought some candy for him and he was just paying him back for that candy. Suspicious. Um, but so Nancy goes to look at the passenger list because now we know this guy's name and she finds a Mr. Otto August. So she assumes that Heinrich was at least telling the truth about his name, if not the reason that he was slipping him some cash. Um, she then goes to see Rod um, to see if he'll tell her which cabin number Mr. August is in. But Rod says it's against ship policy to share guest cabin numbers. However, he does ask Nancy to follow him. Um, and so she does. And he goes down like this hallway. And eventually he stops meaningfully in front of cabin 425. And then he just walks away. So Nancy's like, okay, so this guy is in cabin 425. <laughs> I can't tell you, Nancy, but I will show you. <laughs> but follow me. Um, she reports all of this to her friends, and then they go to the pool where they meet these horrible guys. <laughs> who all want to date her. Who all want to date them, and they have this the most horrible swim race situation and there's like team picking and there's a guy named tubby who's tea and they tea they're teasing each other about kissing there's like kiss to the wood it's the grossest scene and it gave me it honestly made me so triggered <laughs> and nancy seemed to think it was all endearing they're like oh right yeah, yeah they're yeah, just yeah. joking around with each other they're besties Ugh. no they're, they're weird so, they're rapey and you should run away from this yes place. anyway um, Nancy also talks to a girl there. There's like other young people there. So she talks to a girl that she met the other night. Um, and she had mentioned her missing luggage to this girl. Um, and because Nancy's in her swimsuit, the girl realized that Nancy must have found her trunk. Right. And so she says this out loud. Right. Um, but you know, while they're saying this and discussing this or whatever, Nancy realized that Otto August is like right behind her. So <laughs> he probably overheard this, um, which means that hopefully he'll think that the mystery brass bound trunk has been returned to the hold now that Nancy has her trunk back. Right. Um, then George gets out of the hospital. They go to this masquerade ball thing that they had been planning on attending. George wins the costume contest for her old lady nightgown that she has like sewn mice on. I don't understand what this costume was supposed to be. Do you? Just old person. That's with mice with on mice. it? Yeah. I was like, is this supposed to be like the three blind mice? Is this like a nursery rhyme situation? But why is it Maybe. an old woman? I don't get it. Anyway, um, there's dancing with the awful boys from the pool and Rod, though. Hey. Um, and then Nancy decides to invite Rod to their cabin that evening after the dance. Um to help them investigate the mysterious trunk further, not for um, any other potential activities, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Nancy thinks that there might be more than just the clothes in this trunk, right? So they do. Um, and Nancy, of course, discovers that the trunk has a false bottom. Uh, but it's locked, though, so they can't get into it. Uh, then they hear a noise outside the cabin, and Nancy goes to investigate, but no one is there. Um, then they return to the trunk because they can't figure out a way to get into the false bottom. They decide to call the captain. 
so at this point, it's like, you know, literally two o'clock in the morning. The captain comes running down and decides that this is important enough that we need to wake up the locksmith for this. So he assures Nancy that the locksmith is incredibly trustworthy and that we shouldn't be, you know, worried that he would know too much about the trunk. Um, so after a lot of struggle and no progress made on the, the false bottom, Nancy notices that something small is written like on a little corner of the, the bottom part of this trunk. So she gets out her magnifying glass, obviously, because <laughs> she's Nancy Drew. <laughs> she takes a look and she shows the locksmith this, this little marking. And it turns out it's Dutch instructions on how to unlock this false bottom <laughs> of the trunk. Perfect. So, yeah, let me get this straight. Whoever made this trunk with these locks on it wrote instructions on how to unlock the lock. But in Dutch, so it's foolproof if you're Nancy Drew (laughs) or if you're trying to hide it from Nancy Drew. Right. Because she only speaks English and a limited amount of French, as we know. That's not true. And sign language. But only her, her, (laughs) the letters of her name. Yeah. (laughs) So... Using these instructions, the locksmith, who does speak Dutch, is like, oh, got it, cool. (laughs) One, two, three, done, and opens it up. Uh, They're all shocked and very excited over this. And they find jewels. Jewels. Jewels in the bottom of this trunk. Jewels! Locked, hidden jewels. They are out of their minds, excited, just disbelief that they found something so valuable in this trunk. And they they all agree that the jewels should be taken by Rod and the captain to be hidden in... The, I guess the, the captain has like a, a secret safe in his quarters, so they're going to hide the jewels in there. Um, so the men stuff their pockets with these jewels, and then they leave together to go to the safe. Um, the girls decide to hide the trunk and go back to bed, but then the phone rings right before they're about to get in bed, and Nancy answers it, and it's Rod. He says, have you locked your door? And she's like, yeah, of course. Why? And he's like, we just got attacked on our way to the captain's quarters. Um, and oh, uh, and the men that attacked us said, we know Nancy Drew has, has put you up to something. Now what's in your pockets? And then they tried to, to steal the jewels from them. So, so scary. Wow. Um, for, fortunately, the captain and Rod were able to overtake the men and push them down the stairs. Because <laughs> I guess they were like going up a stairwell yeah. and then like these guys come around the corner. And so they just push them down the stairs and then they get back to the cabins or the captain's cabin and put the jewels away in the safe. Um, Nancy asks Rod for more details about where and when this happened. And she immediately goes running to that spot to see if she can find any clues. Or she she wants to go running to that spot. But Rod's like, no, 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 it's late. Those men can still be there. So you should wait until morning. (laughs) So she's like, all right, fine. I'll go the next morning. So she does. She wakes up early the next morning and she actually does find a clue. She finds a little black scrap of fabric um, and then a piece of paper with a drawing of a bracelet on it. Hmm. And then she gets out of magnifying magnifying glass again and sees the word Long Street written on the paper with the drawing of the bracelet. So she goes to play ping pong, obviously. That's the obvious <laughs> next step in this. Um, next step, ping pong. Ping pong. <laughs> so she and Nelda, after they play their game of ping pong, they go ask the captain about what they found. Um, and he says, hey, maybe that black fabric came from one of the masks that the men was wearing because both of them had pulled masks down over their faces so we couldn't see who they were. Um, he says... He actually, he knows what Longstreet means. This is actually a famous jeweler. And in fact, a location of their store in England was recently robbed. Um, so could these be these jewels be the jewels from that robbery? 
Um, so Nancy mm. decides, hey, we need to investigate this trunk a little bit further. Maybe we missed some clues. <laughs> um, so they decided to do it that night again because they can't do it during the day because I guess there's too big of a risk of Heimerich walking in on them or something. I don't know. So Lock during the door? The, yeah. Question mark, question mark. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Or they're like, I don't know. I think they're afraid that they won't have time to like close off that adjoining door before they Mm -hmm. need to go answer the door or something and so Heinrich would like have suspicions that they had access to the other room or something there's no reason for them to think that they're just really overly paranoid about this which fair enough if somebody's already threatening you over it so during the day before they can you know investigate that night again they're just hanging out Uh, they're on the deck and there's this little boy who's like running around like crazy. I think he has a skateboard or something, or maybe he gets the skateboard later, but they play with the little boy for a little bit. And then Nancy notices that he's wearing a mask and she's like, where did you get that mask? That's really weird that you're like running around in a ski mask. And he's like, Oh, I just found it over there on the deck. And Nancy's like, Oh, could this be one of the masks that the attackers was wearing? Maybe, maybe. Cause I mean, most people on this ship have a mask. So we just need to confirm <laughs> that it's of all one the of the bad guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they managed to get the mask off of this kid who's actually pretty annoying and really bratty and yes. rude. Yeah. Um, George has to give him a quarter for it, but whatever. He gives it to them and they compare it to the black fabric scrap that Nancy had found. It does look like that it matches and they can even see like a little torn piece of where it obviously got ripped off from that section. Um, So Nancy decides that she needs to get some cloth napkins and test the wind, like to see, uh, you know, if I stood in this part of the boat and threw the napkin into the wind, would it blow it back to the same spot where little what's his name, Bobby, I think, found the mask on the desk, the desk, the deck. Time for science. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Bess, George and Nelda want to take a nap. So they do that. And while, while they're doing that, Nancy goes and borrows some fabric napkins from, I guess, the dining room. They give them to her. No questions mm-hmm. asked. Um, and she just goes up to different random parts on the deck and starts throwing napkins off the boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and she even goes to, so far as to confirm that the wind speed and the direction of the wind is the same as it had been the, the previous night when the attack actually happened. Um, But while she's doing this, she sees two men, one of whom looks a lot like he could be Otto August, um, but they're conversing in sign language. And she sees the other man spell the name Drew. Hmm. Ooh. Nancy kind of has a hard time following their conversation, of course, because she doesn't actually know sign language. I'd just like to remind y'all. But she, I guess, knows enough to see that they're discussing a necklace and a crew. She doesn't know if the necklace that they're talking about is the stole is a stolen necklace or if the crew that they're referencing is the crew of the boat or some other kind of crew. Um, she does hear both men speak aloud, so she surmises that neither of them are deaf and they just use sign language to talk about their criminal activities so that they can be sure that they're not overheard. Okay. Um after eavesdropping, Nancy goes to meet back up with Bess and George and Nelda. And while Nelda had been like following and watching these guys, um, they had continued Nancy's experiment and were able to determine that the men likely dropped their masks from the promenade deck. I have no idea why this is relevant. It literally never comes back up again. It doesn't matter where they dropped their masks from. They could have been anywhere on this ship. 
No, Nancy just Why? needs to be right. She needs to have, have succeeded in her experiment. Anyway, so they find that out and they all go back to their room um, and they see that the door to their room is open. And when they open it, they see that their room has been ransacked. Doesn't seem like anything has been stolen. Their valuables and their cash are all still there. So they call in Heinrich and he says he's really sorry. He doesn't know who could have done this. He's sure he locked the door when he finished cleaning the cabin. Um, Nancy, of course, says that she doesn't blame him and leaves. But then she thinks, what if they found the brass bound trunk in the next room? Oh, so mm. we rush over. It's still there, though, thankfully. But now, because of this break-in, Nancy can't wait any longer to investigate the trunk further. Um, so they call up Rod, tell him about what's happened, and he comes to the room. Um, Nancy asks if he wants to help them look at the trunk, and they do. Um, and they manage to find some more things hidden in the lid. A bunch of papers. Interesting. Of course, the papers are all in Dutch, so Nelda reads them because Nelda speaks Dutch. Um, she reports that they are official-looking papers reporting the location of a new diamond mine in South Africa. Hmm. So let me just get these straight. This straight. These are papers in Dutch about a South, South African diamond mine? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also from South Africa. Like these are from South, the South African government. Like we learned that they were stolen from South Africa. So South Africa just had papers in, in Dutch. Right. Why not? Anyway. Um, but so could these papers have been stolen by these jewel thieves and maybe they're hiding them in here? I don't know. Whatever. Um, so Nancy decides that she needs to take these papers to the captain's safe as well. So she and Rod take them, and the little boy Bobby that they had met earlier teases them about linking arms while they're walking. Super scandalous. Um, They deliver these papers to the captain, and he's very grateful, and he promises to contact the Johannesburg government um, about them. Um, And then Nancy goes to the deck. She decides to search the area where the men were signing to each other earlier. She finds a piece of paper with pictures of signed letters that spell out Dan. What? So, like, does that mean like drawing of hand, drawings of yes! hands doing drawings of hands doing signs? Okay. Like, why would you not just write out the words Dan? The whole point of like sign language is that it's not written. Like, right? Deaf people can read. People who use sign language can read. Right. Um. Anyway. Well, and and just another little annoyance that I have with this whole thing. Nancy says, like, yeah, I learned sign language way back in the day, but I only really remember the letters from my own name. So mm-hmm. Nancy, how is that supposed to be helpful? Well, Nancy would have learned American sign language, and the thing about American sign language is the keyword there, American. Yeah. They don't use ASL in Holland. They would use Dutch sign language, right? Mm-hmm. Or in South Africa, they would use South African sign language. It's not ASL. So, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't know very much ASL. I know the alphabet and like maybe 10 other words is not much at all. But Mm -hmm. I I don't know how much like carryover there is between languages. I doubt it's the exact same alphabet. So even Nancy knowing the letters for Nancy Drew wouldn't help you if you're watching someone sign in Dutch sign language, right? Like... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you would think that maybe they would be speaking Dutch and not English right. when they were signing. Like, yeah, speaking 
Dutch Sign Language, but they are technically from South Africa. Right. English is a spoken language in South Africa. True. And so it's possible that that sign language is not different, not too different from ASL. Like, I think the letters are mostly the same. Is it? Okay. I I believe so. But yeah, I'm not an expert, so I don't know. Because South African Sign Language is like its own language, you know? Right. So I don't know if the... The hand motions that you would make would be the same yeah. le- same ones for the alphabet. To be fair, I mean, Nancy doesn't call it American Sign Language. She doesn't even call it sign language. She calls it finger language. She does, which it... Which I looked up because I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And it, it, it is, they are called that. Like, finger languages mm-hmm. are like, you know, ASL, BSL. Like, there's, yeah, all yeah. kinds of finger languages. And that's what they are referred to sometimes. I kind of... And this might be a totally wrong assumption, but I kind of assume that finger languages refer to like using, you know, this symbol means A. This means, or not symbol, but motion or like shape mm-hmm. with my hand means A. Yeah, this sure. is B where this this motion might mean thank you. Or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you wouldn't spell it T-H-A-N-K. You would just right. do a motion for thank you. They're only communicating with letters. They're not using other signs it to seems like, like a symbol yeah. for each word rather than each letter. Um, So I thought that that was a little bit strange as well, because I thought Mm -hmm. that, again, this is probably totally wrong, but I thought finger, in the way that Nancy's using it, finger language Mm. means one motion or hand sign per letter, whereas a sign language might be like one motion per word or per meaning, if that Mm. makes sense. That's not what I saw according to Wikipedia. I was probably totally wrong. I don't know. (laughs) But I don't know. Yeah, okay. I mean, let's let me just look up specifically what Wikipedia says because Yeah, no. Um all Wikipedia says about it is it's under the article of finger spelling. Okay. So finger spelling or dactylology is the representation of the letters of a writing system and sometimes numeral systems using only the hands. These manual alphabets also known as finger alphabets or hand alphabets. Oh, maybe so maybe you were right. It's not, yeah. Um, have often been used in deaf education and have subsequently been adopted as a distinct part of a number of sign languages. 40 manual alphabets around the world. Um, historically, manual alphabets have a number of additional applications, including use of ciphers, mnemonics, and in silent religious settings. Yeah, so I think you're right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was wrong. But anyway, yeah, oh. interesting. So. I just thought that that was, I was like, mm, okay, so perhaps you might know mm-hmm. uh, English and you might use several different languages, but I just thought if you're from either Holland or South Africa, whichever one these bad guys end up actually being from, we'll get there obviously, but just figured, right. hey, maybe they would be using South African sign language or Dutch sign language rather than something that Nancy would immediately be able to recognize because right. of her own knowledge of ASL when she was a child. So, Right. Okay. Anyway, that was uh, a, wow. a long, long sidetrack there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're good. Um. So yeah, so she finds the piece of paper with the pictures of signed letters on in the spell out Dan. Um, and she also finds a newspaper with an ad cut out of it. So she promptly looks at the passenger list for a man named Dan, but she doesn't see anyone. So she then asks Rod if maybe there's a member of the crew named Dan. Um, Rod says he'll look into it. She is also able to track down another copy of that newspaper and sees that the ad that was cut out is someone looking to buy jewels, cut or uncut. Mm. So someone is trying to set up a fence here. 
I'll also say, too, that this whole, like, newspaper edition tracking down to see what has been cut out of the newspaper has happened before in Nancy yep. Drew books. Like, we read about that in um, Hidden Staircase, I believe. Um, so this is not a new Nancy Drew tactic. She's she's done this before. I just thought that was a fun little callback. Yes, love um, it. So she heads back to their cabin and she sees a man standing near a door in the hall that looks like it might be either their cabin or like the one, the adjoining cabin to theirs. But she's too far away so she can't see where the man is exactly standing. Um, And as she, and he seems to be either locking or unlocking the door. So he's like messing with the door. (sighs) But so like she approaches, but as soon as she does, he runs away and she loses him. Inside the cabin, everything seems fine. Um, Bess has left her a note explaining that they've all gone to play ping pong. um, And also that the locksmith guy stopped by and said he has something interesting to show Nancy. So Nancy goes to try to track him down. And he tells her that a man brought him a briefcase that he lost the key to to ask him to unlock it. Um, And the lock on the briefcase is the same kind of lock that was on the brass bound trunk. All righty. Interesting. Sorry, I was just uh, looking it up. The um, South African Sign Language alphabet is very similar to the ASL alphabet, but they do have slight differences. So it's not exactly the same, although after looking at the thing, you could probably figure out what they were trying to say if you knew ASL uh, alphabet. Um, Okay, sorry. Anyway, so unfortunately, the locksmith didn't get his name, but his briefcase did have his initials on it. O.A. Oh, Auto August, perhaps? Huh. <laughs> um, and according to the description that the locksmith gave, it did not sound like Audi. The, the, Audi. <laughs> it did not sound like Otto, but his associate, um, who was signing with him the other day, kind of matched that description. So possibly he had him drop it off for him. Uh, then we go visit Rod, of course. Um, they go into the hold and they ask Peter if anyone had asked about finding the brass bound trunk. He says no, but surely Otto still believes that his trunk is actually in the hold. So Nancy decides that she is going to take it there late at night so that when they actually arrive in New York, it'll come out of the hole just as Otto expects it to. Um, she she assumes that, yeah, obviously, if I move it during the day, they could see me taking it out of my room and might suspect that I've been inside the trunk, have found the jewels or, you know, have at least been been tampering with it and looking at it. Uh, Ron also tells us, though, that he found a crewman named Dan, but apparently Dan is a really good guy and there's no way he could be involved with this. So, OK. OK, OK. <laughs> <laughs> So she, then she goes to talk to the captain and he asked, or she asks him if he'll alert the authorities and have them be like ready when they arrive in New York to arrest Otto um, and his associate and any other like co-conspirators that he might have mm-hmm. in this. Um, the captain thinks is that the, ugh, the captain thinks that that is a great idea. So he agrees. And Nancy says that she and Nelda will also be there when the trunks are offloaded to like service witnesses or like confirm Whatever, I don't don't, confirm that that's the trunk that they were looking through. I don't know. Um, But then she's going to have Bess and George follow Otto so that he doesn't like try to get away or sneak, sneak off or something. Captain tells us, though, that he got in touch with the authorities in Johannesburg and they gave him some more information about the theft and or the theft of their documents. Um, And they suspect that the employee who stole them was a man named Hans August, who is Otto's brother. Oh, okay. Interesting. 
Also, we learn that Otto is married, and they suspect that his wife might be the woman who, like, had pinned the blame on Nelda at the jewelry store, who had, like, you know, planted the bracelet in her bag. Um, so later, Nancy and Nelda are hanging out, hanging out on the deck when Bobby, the little boy from earlier with the mask, purposefully runs into them with his skateboard. And they're like, uh, uh, where are you going, Bobby? Get right back here. Tell us why you just did that. That was really rude. And he's like, no, I'm so sorry. It wasn't me. Those two men over there who do funny things with their fingers paid me to do it. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, hold on. What? <laughs> oh! <laughs> So they grab Bobby, I'm assuming, like, by the ear and drag him over there and, uh, like, basically force Bobby to identify, like, is this the guys that paid you? And he's like, oh, no, just let me go. But he does eventually confirm that that was them. Um, And so Nancy, like, confronts them about this and they're like, oh, no, I would never pay a little Mm -hmm. boy to do something like that. I was just (laughs) having him play a prank on you to be funny. Mm -hmm. or like he gives like this really weird reason like that and nancy's like why would you do that though that doesn't add Mm -hmm. up and he's like don't worry about it bye Uh, and like he won't answer any other questions so whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, but then later that night they go to dinner and they find notes at each of their like table settings that are supposedly from the boys that we met earlier on the deck who we do not like. Um, they've all invited them to dates though, but it's like Nancy's is at nine. Nelda's is at nine ten, Bess is at nine twenty, George is at like nine thirty. So it's like weirdly staggered. Um, and Nancy gets, she's like, why is that? Why would they do that? That's weird, but whatever. Um, but she and Nelda, they're only like 10 minutes apart. And so she's like, maybe it'd be better if we just went together anyway. Cause it seems a little bit weird, but cause this is weird. It's very weird, <laughs> but whatever, let's just go. Um, so they go and there's two boys who are wearing fishnet masks and Nancy's like, LOL. What this are you guys doing? What are you guys wearing those masks for? What are you joking around about? What's oh. what's going on? And without saying a word, they run over. Each of them pick up Nancy and Nelda, and then they toss them overboard into the ocean. <laughs> Throws them right over the, the railing, and Nancy and Nelda are just so like they're just so certain that this is a date and that this is the boys from the pool playing a prank on them that they aren't suspicious they don't try to like run away they're just like oh what's going on oh wait why am i being thrown overboard i don't want to victim blame no of course not (laughs) but you've been threatened on this ship many times you've there's so much scary stuff happening on this boat and then you come up on deck and there are men wearing fishnet masks over their face and you're just like this is normal right that must be my this date. must be a joke this must be a joke yeah uh, you've had nelda's gotten threatening phone calls and threatening letters like men on board are talking about you in like sneaky ways and you don't you, you should not be taking these kinds of chances nancy they like the way that they do it is like the men come over and like pretend to or not pretend they like start dancing with them and so the girls are like oh okay so this is part of the date i guess and then they <laughs> like dancing in masks them, on a cruise ship yeah over to the railing and then just push them up 
And they're so oh overly, God. overly cautious about everything else that they do. Like we have to have right. at least two men escort us to do this, to put this in the safe, but we'll go alone. And then there's no one else around and we won't be suspicious at all when these strangers are masked and coming up to us. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So meanwhile, Bess and George are still sitting at their table at dinner and the guys who they're supposed to have their dates with come up and George and Bess are like, why, why did you go? like, aren't you supposed to be with Nancy and Nelda right now? And also, why did you stagger the time of our dates? That mm-hmm. seemed really weird. And they're like, what are you talking about? We put 930 on all of your invitations. Um, we weren't supposed to meet <laughs> up with you guys for another 20 minutes. What are you talking about? Um, so Bess and George are like, oh. Um, something must Uh-oh. be going on. Um, I'm a little worried right now. So they all run upstairs just in time to see Nancy and Nelda go overboard. Um, so Bess and George managed to alert the crew to stop the bell, stop the boat and send out a rescue boat. Um, the boys that they were supposed to have their date with are like, oh, we could jump into the water, but we don't want to. So <laughs> someone else can rescue them. That's fine. <laughs> Um, but at this point, by the time, like, they get the boat to stop, Nancy and Nelda, they've, like, the ship has sailed a good distance away from Nancy and Nelda, so they're now pretty far from the ship, and Nancy realizes that, you know, obviously I gotta stick with Nelda and just wait for rescue, but she realizes it's now, like, way too far for either of them to swim, to catch up to the boat, and also, Nelda is not responding at all to Nancy, like, shouting for her and screaming her name and all that, that good stuff. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Um, it turns out Nelda is actually just fine, but she's just too far from Nancy in order to be able to hear her. But luckily the boat is able to, the like rescue boat that they send out is able to find them both and rescue them both. Obviously they both have to spend some time in the infirmary because the water was quite cold and they, uh, I think Nelda got a little bit more of a shock than Nancy did, but they both are okay and they get released that evening. Um, Nancy remembers that her attacker was wearing clogging shoes, like actual wooden shoes and she says oh rod can help me here obviously so we go to rod and we ask him like hey do you remember anyone wearing clogging shoes or do you know of any crew members that might happen to have a pair um and he's like yeah actually i do know of a crew member that has a pair so they go and question him and he says that a passenger asked to borrow them for the costume party the other night um but he can't identify who because it wasn't so much of a somebody came up and says hey can i borrow those (laughs) shoes that you have someone sent him a note saying i will be borrowing your shoes for this party leave them outside the door for me basically you have to do it because i'm a passenger and you work here and you have to do like it just it was very weird but Uh evidently this crew member got this note and went along with it (laughs) can you imagine like being at work and then getting a note of like someone being like please give me your shoes thanks bye and just being like okay sure no (laughs) i'll give you my shit no that's weird Um, yeah, so, uh, whatever. Um, later that night, we're still planning on moving the trunk into the hold with Rod. Uh, we're gonna wait until, like, two in the morning, though, so that no one sees us. Um, but first, Nancy realizes that maybe she hasn't, like, fully investigated the trunk thoroughly enough yet. I Um, swear. (laughs) (laughs) So annoying. The amount of times we have to look at this trunk. I know. Look at it good enough the first time, Nancy. Thoroughly investigate it. 
the first time. Well, we can't because somebody might spot us. They might know that we're in the other room. They take so many lengths to, like, cover up the fact that they're in the other room. Like, even putting a towel Uh, under the door so that no one can see that a light is on in this room that's supposed to be vacant. And, oh, it's great. It's great. Wild. (laughs) But Rod's like, you double-check the trunk. We're going to, like, put it in the hold, and then you can't access it anymore. So you've double-checked. You've made sure you know everything is out of there, right? Like, every piece of evidence that you could get. And she's like, absolutely. She assures him, like, ten times. And then they're about to move it. And she's like, maybe I should check just one more time. Maybe just one more time. (laughs) Um, So she does. And what do you know? There's more jewels in the lining of the trunk that they didn't find. Of course. Of course. Um, And then while doing that, she realizes there's yet another spot and they find more jewelry and more jewels. Mm -hmm. So they come, they call the captain. He comes get, uh, he he comes to get the rest of the jewels and he goes and takes them to the safe with the rest of the documents and the jewels. Um, Yeah. So he he does. Yeah. Um, And then Nancy and Rod take the trunk to the hold as they were planning on it. Uh, And then the next day, everybody's saying goodbye to all their acquaintances on the ship is all it's the last day, the last full day on their ship on the ship before docking. Um, The girls also get a call from Ned, Bird and Dave, which can you call a ship like can you can you can you put a place a call to a ship that's on the water? I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's something that should be possible in the land before wi-fi and satellites or maybe it was like a a a telegram or something i don't know but how did radio call the maybe the radio yeah um anyway but they get a call from ned bird and dave they are planning on meeting the girls in new york and driving them back to river heights great that is a long Um, drive that cannot be a simple chore anyway sorry no no and the fact that all three of them come along. See, this is the thing. So, I'm sorry. I know that, like, back in this time, or what, maybe we're in the 70s, so I'm probably a little bit different. But, like, in the 50s era, this this kind of vibe, people didn't really have steady, serious boyfriends a whole lot of the time. Or if you did, like, it was, like, a big deal. Yeah. Um, but you just don't drive for, God, what, that's got to be, like, eight hours. Easily. Hold on. <laughs> now I got it. Now I got it. Chicago just do to Chicago New York. Chicago to New York. If River Heights was somewhere in, uh, you know, the Northeast, New, New England area, I could see it. But Chicago, driving there from New York, <laughs> twelve hours. Twelve hours. Excellent. Twelve hours. I feel like you would just fly from. You would you get would a plane from New York to Chicago. Yeah. You and then they pick you would. up at the or get a train, and they pick you up at the train station or the airport. Not this. The train is twenty hours. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, yeah. So like, I it just doesn't seem like a thing that a casual date would do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and not all three of their you, casual Corey. dates. Corey, I think I would lay down my life for you. I don't know if I would drive twelve. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'd be like, can you? Should you just fly? <laughs> can you get a, a bus? Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll pay for your plane ticket if you need it. But like, I don't know that I want to drive you twelve hours there and twelve hours back. Right. That's anyway. yeah. That's one way. Twenty four hours <laughs> round trip to go pick up Nancy from her cruise from Holland for some reason. Still don't know why she was in Holland. Commitment. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they should get married if he's willing to do that. You know what I mean? Fair enough. <laughs> Anyway, 
So, um, yeah, so the next day, um, this is the very, we're docking, we're, we're coming into port in New York. This is it. Um, Nancy and Nelda set out to catch Otto in the act of retrieving his trunk. Um, she reminds Bess and George that they need to keep an eye out for him and give her a signal, like, when he's coming, like, down the gangplank or whatever. So Nancy and Nelda get in line, and they're among the first to disembark from the ship. But the moment that they step off the boat, they're approached by two FBI agents wanting to question them about a theft. Hmm. So at first, these FBI agents accuse Nancy and Nelda of fencing a stolen bracelet in Holland. But Nancy, of course, explains the whole story of everything that happened on the ship. Um, and of course, the FBI men believe her. Why wouldn't they? Right? Um, she says that she bets that Otto August is the one who actually reached out to the FBI to try and get them detained, try to get them in trouble, to just try to muck up the work so that he can get away. And so they all, FBI men included, hide behind a pillar to wait for him to come collect his trunk. Um, and he does. He even unlocks it to prove that it's his. Um, and he doesn't report any of the jewels to the customs officer that is like standing there asking if he has anything that he needs to um, claim. Right. Um, so the FBI arrests him and his compatriot, who is also standing right there. Um, and of course, Nelda is sad because, you know, amongst all the jewelry that they found, they didn't find the bracelet that she was accused of stealing. This really confused me because I thought that they found it in her purse when she was at the store. But whatever, I guess they didn't. So, oh. but anyway, so Nancy, yeah. I, <laughs> okay. I know. I'm very confused about it. They got still. stolen back. That doesn't disprove that Nelda maybe, never stole it, though. Maybe it wasn't the bracelet they found in her purse. Maybe it was a bracelet that one of the men... Maybe it was the, the bracelet that she with... saw him stealing or something like right, that. Right, right, right. And it was a different right. bracelet that ended up... Different bracelet. Okay. Sure. Anyway, she's sad because that wasn't there, and so she's still not completely off the hook for that, even though she wasn't in ever... Any ever in any legal trouble, so... I... Whatever. Um, <laughs> but Nancy is, of course, like, hold on. There's one last thing on the trunk that I didn't check. And she goes over and she looks under the brass fixtures on the trunk and they remove these. They find the bracelet and they finally clear Nelda's name officially, I Yay. guess. And we're wrapping it up here. And then the girls are going to greet Ned, Bird, and Dave. They're all very happy to see each other. Nancy then tells them her theory on how the trunks were switched in the first place, which is like, who cares at this point? She says, though, that a little mischief maker must have seen their similarities and removed the tags. And then Bobby passes by on his skateboard and just like, is like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> Okay, great. That's, Thanks, that's little Bobby. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, so I have a question. Yes. <laughs> First of all, how did a meteor come out of the sky and almost hit their ship? No. Um, <laughs> how did the men know who Nancy Drew was? They shouldn't have. That's a massive And that plot she hole. was on the ship and that they should beware of her. 
Because Nancy and Nelda had never met before. It's not like Nelda had approached Nancy to help her with this situation. Mm -hmm. And they're both going to be on this ship. And also, if they knew that Nelda and Nancy were going to be on this ship, why would they not just take a different boat? Right. Or travel in a different way? That's a good point. And it's not like Nancy was already on a case like, oh, I know that these documents have been right. stolen from South Africa, mm-hmm. so I need to be on the lookout, and so they mm-hmm. have reason to be wary of me. She's just some random girl. Yeah. She's not here yeah. for any purpose that's re- related to them at all. We don't even know her thing, purpose for being there. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, like, they looked at the passenger list, and they saw that there was, like, two ND passengers, and they know that they have a trunk that says ND on it, and so they're already worried about the trunks getting switched but why would they and also why do they have a trunk that has nd on it it's not exactly like, they we never find that out we never find out the co-conspirator's say, name either like it, is it the, his wife's initials did we say that nope. that might have been from the original text okay that oh, was okay original text nope we just yeah. never learn why that trunk has nd on it there's no reason for okay. it yeah but that was in the like, original no, well, I... <sighs> okay, just tell me no. about the original then, because I am okay, dying okay, to hear okay, about okay, this. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's excellent. So, Nancy is not traveling back home from Holland. She is actually planning a trip to Buenos Aires, South America. Ooh, on a okay. Ship Fun. With a bunch of girls from a girl's school, because remember, she's 16 in this, so she's a little bit younger, but Carson is, like, signed off on this trip to go as long as she's going with this group of girls from a school who are, like, planning this trip, right? Um, <laughs> um, Carson also, there's, like, this weird part of the plot where Carson asks Nancy for his help um, doing something for a client of his, and he's trying to persuade his daughter to marry his wealthy business partner. Ew. Um, it's very gross. Um, but the guy is young. It's like the son of his previous business partner who's inherited the business. Okay. So he's he's not old, but it's still like... Still. Gross. Why um, Why is this Carson's <laughs> business? Why and is now he been... it's Carson's business. And now Carson is asking Nancy to help him get this girl to marry this guy. And Nancy, to, for, to Nancy's credit, is weirded out by this. She's like, maybe this girl has good reasons for not wanting to marry this guy? Yeah. Like, I don't maybe, see why that has to be her business at all. Goodness. She's like, maybe you don't want me to help you with this because I think that if I talk to this girl, I'm going to be on this girl's side. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So, so fair enough to all of that. But Carson is just like, yeah, well, maybe you should just talk to her and just see if you can have a heart to heart with her and figure out what is going on. Like what's actually standing in the way here of, of this happening. Right? Okay. So Nancy's like, okay, I guess I can do that. Um, <laughs> Nancy also she gets into like this car accident and she spends a good amount of time in the book trying to track down the guy that she got into the accident with because he just like they stopped and he just like wouldn't let her report the accident to the police or anything he just gave her like a bunch of money gave her like a hundred dollars and then just like left um and Nancy uses the hundred dollars to get repairs to her car but she only ends up using half of it and so she has fifty dollars that she's trying to return to this guy throughout the book that happens in a Bonita Granville movie which which one is that but there's a scene where that exactly happens where the bad guy like hits Nancy hits Nancy's car and is like here's money and she's like oh surely I won't need all of that and tries to return it that's crazy okay Okay, sorry I didn't know that yeah I don't think I've seen that one 
It's uh, I can't remember, remember which it. one. It's probably the second one. Mm-hmm. I the second one or the third one because we've watched one and four mm-hmm. now. But sorry, go on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, and he, this guy, he's like a redheaded guy, so Nancy like remembers. Um, he like shows up all the time, everywhere around this mystery. And so Nancy is like continually like, oh, it's that guy. I'm going to go follow that guy, give him his money back. Um, Because it's also $50 and $50 at that time was like a lot of money. Um, So yeah, so it was a big deal to her to try to get it back to him. Um, It's probably like $1,000 today or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I think, yeah, I I remember, oh, did I look it up? I looked it up, but I don't remember how much it was. But yeah, it was a lot. It was like, it was close to a thousand. Okay. And um, so, but essentially the crux of this is that Nancy is in River Heights, of course, for a good chunk of the beginning of the mystery. It always seems to work that way in original text series. It's like a lot of it actually does take place in River Heights and then Nancy goes somewhere else. I appreciate that. I like that. Yeah, I I do too. Because it makes it so much less random. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not like this random mystery. It's like, no, no, no. It starts where Nancy, Nancy actually is Mm -hmm. and she gets involved in it there and then it just carries on, you know? We're just not on a boat for some reason. No reason. Just randomly in Holland, you know? But so anyway, so she's in River Heights and and she's planning on going on this trip to South America with this girl's school. But this like really wealthy woman who is the mother of one of the daughters in this school trip is like out to get Nancy off of this trip. Like she does not want Nancy traveling with her daughter, whose name her name is Nostrelda, um, does not want her traveling with Nostrelda because she says it's because she's like a detective and she's like lower class and she doesn't want her daughter associating with the likes of, you know, such a gross girl or whatever. And Nancy's of course super offended by this. She's like, not low class. <laughs> One of the richest people in this city. Thank you very much. I know. Um but so, like, a lot of stuff happens, like, um, Nancy's clothes uh, get stolen so that, like, she sends someone to, like, steal Nancy's clothes so that she can't go on the trip. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's, like, a whole thing. Um, there's, like, really random stuff that happens in this, too. Like, Nancy is also gifted a cat. Um, Snowball? At the beginning. Snowball. She's gifted a cat named Snowball. How is it um, the that, last two books we've read? The original has been an introduction of one of Nancy's pets. That's funny. Because yeah, Togo wait, Nancy was, has Snowball in other stories? I believe so. I think it's canon that Nancy has a cat. Oh, yeah. I don't okay, know about yeah, I don't so, know how often he she appears in the revised or he, I'm okay. not sure, but yeah. Yeah, it's Snowball. Yeah. Um and so yeah, so Aww, essentially what, I like that. Okay. Yeah. So she was, this cat was like dropped on her doorstep with a note that was like, this is to the detective who helped me or whatever. And Nancy's able to kind of like piece together that it's from this woman that she had helped in a previous case who is actually from South America. Oh, okay, um, cool. And so she gives Nancy this cat because Nancy also knows that this woman was like really into her Persian cat. And so what happened was, is that she was going back to South America, but she couldn't take her cat. So she gave it to Nancy. Oh, I like that a little less poor cat, but yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, but Nancy ends up bringing the cat with her to South America. Anyway. So she <laughs> so, could have taken the cat. All right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Also, so Nancy goes to, yeah, a feral party on the beach with her friends, like, before she's about to take this trip. Um, 
honestly, like a lot of things happen with the trip. Like it ends up like Nancy says that she's not going to be going with the girls trip to like appease Nestrelda's mom, whose name's Mrs. Jocelyn. But of course she and Bess and George, who are also going, um, don't want to change their plans because they've been planning for months to take this trip to South America is a big deal. Right. Um, But so they end up just getting booking passage separately from the girls trip on the same ship. So like they're going to go, but they're not going to be with the school's trip, well, but they're going them. to, if someone says mom go. doesn't like it, then she doesn't have yeah. to go. <laughs> right, right, right. But Carson will only let them go as long as they can have a chaperone. And so she calls up the lady who gave her snowball and she's going to be there in South America. So they're going to stay with her. Perfect. There. Right. So everything's, everything has worked out. For the most part. And so she goes on this farewell party on the beach because they're about to leave the next day. Um, And this is when she gets struck by lightning. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Amazing. (laughs) She fully loses consciousness. Everybody freaks out and, like, runs over to her. And they're like, oh, my God, we have to take Nancy to a doctor or whatever. But she wakes up and she's like, no, I'm fine. (laughs) Of course she is. Excellent. Um, Yeah. Yeah. then, like, literally the morning of that they're about to leave, she loses her passport. Um, she They wonder if, like, the guy who had stolen Nancy's clothes also stole her passport, which would have made so much more sense for him to do. But also Effie, who's there, she was helping Hannah because Hannah was, like, busy because Carson's also going on a trip and they're trying to do all this stuff and coordinate whatever. So Effie was around helping out. And Effie is, like, famously, like clueless and like incompetent (laughs) right and so she says that she just put a stack of papers that were on the dresser next to the trunk into the trunk because she thought that nancy would need them um but they had to they have to previously ship the trunk to get it to new york um where they're going to be departing from and so the trunk has left so nancy can't look inside to see if her passport is there so they just have to like go to new york and see make sure get try to get the trunk before it gets onto the ship and try to make sure that the passport is there and get it out. But but we don't actually know if it's in there because Effie doesn't know what a passport is. And Are you so, serious? Excellent. <laughs> and so we just have to like really hope that it that it was in there and that the guy didn't steal it because otherwise Nancy can't go to South America. She doesn't know what a passport um, is. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but they end up going to New York and there you know she's there with Bess and George and and they're in a jewelry store there and they are accused of stealing a bracelet in the jewelry oh, store okay interesting but it's because when they walk in Mrs. Jocelyn is there and Estrella's mom is there and she is like at this jewelry counter looking at this bracelet and Nancy and George go up and are like, oh, hello, Mrs. Jocelyn, you know, how are you or whatever. And Mrs. Jocelyn is like, what are you doing here? You know, like you shouldn't be here. And Nancy Why? explains, she's like, she's like, no, I'm not taking the trip with with your daughter, as you said, but I'm still taking the trip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so Mrs. Jocelyn is just in a huff or whatever. And we essentially think that she was she had stolen the bracelet oh and that she tried hmm. to to blame it on on nancy anyway um yeah but then she because it's later they're at actually not aunt eloise aunt eloise i don't think exists in mm. the original text because surely if we were in new york and she did we would mention her but we're actually staying with 
Bess's aunt okay. in New York. We're visiting Bess's aunt. So we're at Bess's aunt ho- aunt's house and the police come to like question them about this theft of this jewelry, this bracelet, right? And But Nancy men- mentions Carson and they know who Carson is. So of they just let they her do. go. Yeah. Right. Then, okay. They have, Bess's aunt throws this dinner party for them right before they're about to leave or it's like a lunch or something. And she invites you know ned who is also there he's driven nancy Bess, and george up here oh um interesting okay. and ned hold on i've got to read you this scene because it is the best excellent I'm okay s- ned I'm ready. gets so upset so good uh returning to the apartment they found the rooms beautifully decorated with flowers and everything in readiness for the gala occasion a table had been set with gleaming glass and polished silver there were tiny steamboats for place cards each bearing a verse of poetry composed by mrs miller um so it's like this theme anyway okay um at one o'clock ned arrived bringing with him two college friends albert clark and howard brady Greatly to his annoyance, the latter young man exchanged place cards and so managed to sit next to Nancy at the table. Before the luncheon ended, it was evident that he had developed a deep liking for her. Everyone save Ned had a wonderful time, and the hostess <laughs> felt well repaid for the work to which she had gone to in planning the party. Excellent. <laughs> Ned's just pouting in the corner while Ned's everyone else has a wonderful a time. friend that he brought got to sit next to Nancy. Anyway, I love Perfect. it. Perfect, yes. Love it. Um, so, yeah, so they have that dinner party, and then the, they get on the ship later. And, of course, there is a similar trunk mix-up that leaves Nancy with two trunks, both labeled N.D. One is hers, and then one belongs to someone with the last name Darlington. Um, and Nancy doesn't realize later that this is Nostrelda's trunk, because she's later introduced to Nostrelda. She hasn't been introduced to Nostrelda yet. Um but Nancy assumes that her name is Nostrelda Jocelyn because her mom's last name is Jocelyn. But Nostrelda corrects her because she actually goes by her father's name, Darlington. Mm. But her father is deceased. And so her mother has remarried this guy named Jocelyn. Oh, okay. okay. Right? So her name is Nostrelda Darlington. Her mother's new name is Mrs. Jocelyn. Right? Um, so Nancy realizes that she got her trunk instead of, you know, as well as her own. Um and we also learn that Nostrelda is actually wanting to run away once they get to South America because she's fighting with her mother and she doesn't like her stepfather. Oh, um, that's yeah. juicy so Nancy, for a Nancy Drew book. Goodness. Okay. It is. Yeah. And Nancy gets like roped into helping her like have her trunk delivered to her alternate accommodation once she gets there since she's no longer traveling with the girls school. And then promising to send it along to wherever, wherever Treldy, because that's what we call Nostrelda, now we call her Treldy, um, wherever Treldy ends up going um, so that her family can't follow her based on where the trunk has been delivered. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like we're in South America. <laughs> oh no, oh no. And um, we get, we, you know, get to our, our place or whatever, and we have Nostrelda's trunk there as well, and there's, like, slightly racist miscommunication issues with a porter that they have when they're trying to deliver Nostrelda's trunk to her, um, and the delivery man ends up taking and delivering the wrong trunk, and Nancy is left with Treldy's trunk, and the man takes Nancy's trunk to Nostrelda, um, and then the trunk, Nancy's trunk, gets stolen from Nostrelda's room once it's delivered there. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. So, but of course, the people who stole it didn't realize that it wasn't Nostalgia's trunk, but that it was actually Nancy's, right? Um, so Nancy suspects that the Jocelyns, her Nostralda's mother and stepfather, are may have smuggled something in the trunk that they gave Nostralda, partially because she learns from Carson that Mrs. Jocelyn was recently arrested for the jewelry th- theft in New York, uh, but she was let go. So she thinks that like this Interesting. is about jewelry theft, right? Um, so Nancy... <laughs> breaks into a trunk business that a man owns and he because he was pretending to be a friend of Carson's but he really just wanted to try to find out where Nancy was staying um, to try to steal Nostralda's trunk because they realized that the trunk that they stole wasn't Nostralda's so they're trying to get into where Nancy's staying to get Nostralda's trunk right excellent um, right but upon breaking into his business Nancy like gets trapped knocks herself out she realizes where her trunk is, but she's still trapped. Then she gets like faint, frightened by a noise and faints. Oh. <laughs> it's like this whole thing. Um, she's able to get out by pretending to be an animal and sneaking past a watchman. As you do. <laughs> she like makes noises to like get him to like open the door, like thinking that there's like an animal trapped in there or something. <laughs> she sneaks past. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, Perfect. <laughs> And then, like, in the next day, she's able to get into the hotel room of one of these, like, trunk thieves. She finds her trunk, and then she finds jewelry in the trunk that isn't hers. Um, But she leaves it there. She doesn't take the trunk. Also, this girl that Nancy is supposed to be convincing to marry this guy, you remember at the very beginning, she's also been on this trip. Um, But they've been, like, she's been, like, avoiding Nancy, Obviously, because she's found out that Nancy is going to try to convince her to marry this guy who is also on this trip, by the way. He's here, too, uh, because he wanted to, like, try to surprise this girl and get her to warm up to him so that they will get married. Right. Mm, Okay. Yeah. But turns out that during the trip, he gets more. He meets Treldy and he starts liking Treldy more than he likes this other girl. Wow. Okay. (laughs) it's so drama filled um but so this girl um we find out has actually been disguising herself as a man to avoid nancy um and the man who's trying to propose to her right Mm -hmm. nancy figures that out you know um but of course the man ended up liking charlie more and he went back to america anyway because carson had to call him back to do business or whatever um, and this girl is actually the one, the person who got into a wreck with Nancy at the beginning of the book. So she was that man. That's a lot of coincidence. Interesting. Yes. Okay. But, the, and that's the reason why she was trying to get away. It wasn't because she was a criminal. It was because she didn't want Nancy to realize that she was disguised as a man. Awesome. She didn't want Nancy to realize who she actually was. Okay. Um, that was not yes. the Benita Granville movie. All righty. No. <laughs> and the reason why she's dressing up, or well, she was dressing up as a man before was because she's been investigating her father's trunk business. What? Um, because she thinks, yes, because she thinks that he's doing something shady. And this whole reason that she isn't wanting to marry this guy is because this guy is her father's business partner in this trunk company. And he's not, he's like a layabout. He like doesn't work or whatever. And she wants him to be like invested in the company and like 
figure out what is going on because clearly her father is doing shady things, right. i.e. jewelry smuggling. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. I love it. Um, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and, and he has... So her father has been working together with Nostrelda's parents, mom and stepdad, mm-hmm. to get these jewels in these trunks and then get them to different trunk businesses throughout the world, also in, in South America. Yeah. No wonder Miss Jocelyn didn't want Nancy around. Exactly. All right. Okay. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, based on all of that info and the jewelry that Nancy found in her trunk, plus the jewelry that Nostrada's mom was arrested for stealing, we're starting to understand what's going on here. Um, so Nancy decides to put Nostrada's trunk in, like, the room next to her, where she's staying with this lady, right? And she, like, leaves the door to the house open and the windows open, essentially, like, inviting these men to come and steal this trunk. Um, and, you know, of course they do. They break in and they come in. And Nancy, like, wants to, like, capture them. But she fails because okay. she's just a 16-year-old girl and these are two grown men. Right. Um, and then they end up having to call the police the next day or whatever. And Nancy's, like, embarrassed that she couldn't succeed at this or whatever. It's, it's weird. Um, and then Nancy calls and tells Nancy that Mrs. Jocelyn was arrested again and, and has admitted to the jewelry smuggling oh so mr jocelyn was arrested now not oh, Mrs. okay jocelyn. mr jocelyn was arrested and admitted to the jewelry smuggling but he wants nancy to try to get this trunk company down here implicated and wrap up the case from this end right okay interesting um, and so yeah so she goes to the police she tells them everything that she knows but they can't arrest anybody without proof so she ends up searching treldy's trunk um, and she finds a large cache of stolen jewelry, which allows them to arrest the men and, and Buenos Aires. And that's that's pretty much it. Oh, all righty. Yeah. Very good. It's I like that a so lot. It's so good. It sounds really good. It's so interesting. I want to read it now. And I mean, the whole like situation of like this girl dressing up as a guy. That's intriguing. To like to investigate her father's mm-hmm. business. I was like, let's read that yeah. story. Like... I want to know about this girl. She does eventually end up getting married to the other guy, but because he like apparently steps up and she's satisfied with that. And so she marries him. I don't know, but yeah. Interesting. Well, what ends up happening to Trelde if, you know, her father's dead and her mom and stepdad end up in prison and. Yeah, no. So she ends up staying in South America with um, Nancy's chaperone. Oh, okay. And, oh, that's good. Yeah, that works. Yeah, it's good, but it's a little sad for Treldy because honestly, like, there's so much like drama around this situation or whatever, and Nancy feels really bad about it. It's not a good situation that we leave her in, even though she's you know safe. She's but she's down here so that she can kind of like stay away, yeah, from all of it and go to oh, school. Man. Her chaperone says she's gonna put her in school down here, and yeah. And Snowball? Yeah. Does Snowball go home with Nancy? We don't know what happens to Snowball. Oh, okay. Oh, Snowball. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good story. <laughs> I like that. It seems yeah. I could definitely see how some of that got pulled into the, the revise yeah. and then just convoluted a little bit from there. Right. Cool. I mean, like, I can understand the reasons for wanting to really simplify this story. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a lot of factors there, but there's a lot. It makes it interesting. It sounds like. Yeah, that's the thing is that it's such a rich story. It's so fascinating, and it has so many different layers of stuff going on all at once. It just makes it a really interesting read, and for such a short book, it's really impressive how like it's managed um, because it never feels um, convoluted. It never feels slow. Everything that's good. All of the characters have like actual motivation. Um, and Nancy has like an actual personality. That sounds like Mildred's she- doing. Definitely. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Mildred. She's like, she's short tempered and she's a little bit like, she's very adventurous, very single minded. Okay. Wonderful. Um, but she's also like a little bit sassy yes. and yes. like willing to like say stuff that like pisses people off a little bit. Um, like the way that she talks to Mrs. Jocelyn, even kind of the way that she talks to Carson sometimes is like, okay, all right, oh, Nancy. Oh, wow, okay. You know? We love a and sassy like detective. She she finds she finds it funny when Ned gets irritated. Oh. And it's, yes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> there's this one point where, like, she's in a cab. They're in a cab. They're, like, going down to the waterfront to get on the boat. But um, Nancy sees the redheaded guy and tries and tries to follow him um but they're like nancy we got to go catch this boat or whatever but ned's friend who he brought takes nancy off in like a cab so that they can go chase this guy and that is so upset and so worried about her and and nancy's just like "Mm," you know like (laughs) well if you weren't gonna (laughs) help me i'll find someone who will Yeah, yeah yeah anyway no it's just so good um but so like i understand wanting to simplify it to make a like more straightforward and direct story for kids, you know, I get it. But like when, when that happens, it's like what happens to the story is just so like the plot ends up not making any sense. Oh. Um, you know, like you think about like all of this cohesion that happened in this original text kind of turns into something that's just really coincidental and like, um, just kind of seems like, well, why are these men doing this jewelry smuggling? And, you know, why are they stealing why? these documents? And right. And why are they worried about Nancy Drew? Mm-hmm. When really in the original text, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. The reason why they're doing this jewelry smuggling is because this guy's trunk business is failing. Um, mm-hmm. And so he has to find a different way to make money. And the reason why they're worried about Nancy Drew is because they know her because she's from their town. Right. And they know that she's going to be on this trip. And this whole trunk business with her name and her daughter's name, which they happen to use to try to smuggle, you know, information through this trunk, right? Or try to smuggle jewels through this trunk. So we know that this is going to be a problem. And so that's why, you know? I like that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's... (gasps) What a good one. Oh. It's really good. It's really good. I highly recommend. Highly recommend. Hearing all that is also, reshaping my opinion of the revised. Now I'm like, oh, I know. it's not as good as I'm that. Glad. Goodness. <laughs> I'm glad I read the revised text first. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, I wanted to read the revised text first because I, I just, I mean, how we typically do it is we summarize the revised text right. and you talk about the differences. And so I wanted to be able to, you know, remember that one first. Right. But yeah. If I had read the original text first, I would have been like, what yeah. is this revised text business? No, but yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. It's great. And I will say, too, there didn't seem to be anything aside from, like, the racism about Spanish. There was Mm. some 
racist moments about like the Spanish language and Nancy like making fun of people speaking Spanish. Oh no. Um, really Nancy. It was brief. Um it was brief. It didn't it didn't last a long time and it and it wasn't throughout the course of the book. Okay. It was really just in like a one or maybe two moments. Um but aside from that, there wasn't anything horrible about it. That's you know? good. There wasn't anything super, you know, weird. And I mean like you think about too, like you know, a group of sixteen-year-old girls who go to South America for the first time, and of course, are shocked to hear Spanish be, being spoken. You know, <laughs> like, no, I'm not saying it's acceptable or anything, well, but no. I'm saying that it's realistic. Yeah, you know, oh, these yeah. white girls are racist. Yeah, <laughs> and they're going to show their colors when they go to a different place. You know what I mean? Yikes. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah, not surprising. Not surprising no. at all. Not surprising. Sounds like a good one but, overall, though. Wow. Yeah, it was. Man, it I've was. missed out now. Yeah. I definitely need to get a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, what else do you have about either the original or the revised? Oh, uh, I don't think I have too much. Um, yeah, honestly, like, it's just a good story. Just a good story all the way around. Oh, actually, no. You know what? I do want, I want to talk about... Um, the boys at the pool. Oh, yes. I'm talking about the pool scene. Because it was just, to me, it was such, yeah, just such a triggering chapter. And I really want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Alrighty, 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 alrighty. The girls went to the pool. A group of teenage girls had gathered around four college boys. They waved to Nancy and her friends as they approached them. A red-haired boy said to Nancy, you certainly have been avoiding us lately. What? Is this like negging? Is yeah. this negging? Um, Nancy laughed, we don't even know you. Never been introduced. Yep. <laughs> um, that's no reason to avoid us, the boy went on. Uh-huh. Ah! <laughs> what, Friday? <Friday's laughs> <again? laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming. <laughs> I was about to make a joke, and I'm not going to make That's a joke. That's okay. Because, yeah. Um, my name is Al, and my friends here are Bruce, Chipper, and Tubby over there. He pointed to a chubby boy with blonde, curly hair. Of course, the chubby boy's nickname is Tubby. Yes. Yeah. Right? Well, of course. What else would it be? Um, the girls laughed and introduced themselves. Because that's hilarious. Because it's so funny. Uh, we're glad we finally met you, Al said with a grin. And now that you know us, how about a race in the pool? You fellows against us? Bess asked. That wouldn't be fair. Never accuse Al of being unfair, the cheerful redhead said. We'll make girl-boy teams. And of course, I'll take Nancy Drew as a partner. Okay with you, Nancy? Why not? Nancy could not help but like the friendly boy. Why? Dark Yes, she can Bruce... help it. <laughs> Dark-haired Bruce chose Bess... While Chipper teamed up with Nelda. Tubby made a face. As always, poor Tubby winds up without a girl, he said good-naturedly. But I don't mind. I'll time you people. Al, give me your stopwatch, will you please? Oh, because George is still in the infirmary after the luggage incident. Right. Yeah, right, okay. Right. Um, yeah. And so they swim. Uh, they have their little race or whatever. Of course, Bess lags behind in the race because she's less athletic. Sorry, so mad about mm-hmm. that. Um, and then, let's see. Yeah, better hurry, Chipper, a teenage boy teased. A kiss for the winner. 
Mm. Why? What? Who, Why? Who established that rule? The teenage boy. Go figure. Ew. Anyway, they don't. They don't actually kiss, but it's still just like, what a gross implication. I don't like these men. I don't like it. Ugh. Mm. It feels like like it feel like when I read that, like I had such a visceral reaction of mm-hmm. like I felt like I was back in high school yeah. with like boys sexually harassing me, and like that's what that's what that scene was sexual harassment. Oh yeah, a thousand just percent. the very introduction of why are you avoiding us? What the fuck? I don't know you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know you. Ugh, it's a disgusting tactic. It's uh yeah. It was frustrating to read. And then the, the scene with the, the staggered dates and everything of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and they weren't whole... part of the overboard thing, but everything after that yeah. with them assuming... Every... Mm, okay, sorry. The sorry, way John. that they set up this language of, like, he chose this... He chose Nancy, and he mm-hmm. chose Bess, and he chose... It's like, he chose... Mm-hmm. He picked he his chose, trophy like, off the shelf. like, they're there for picking. Yep. Like, to be claimed. That's why they're um, on the cruise, actually. That's their sole purpose of being here. And I think here. even, even like, when they, they're, like, at that dance or the masquerade or whatever, they talked about Nancy being claimed as a partner by 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 all of these boys and by Rod. Claimed yep. Yep. is the word that they use. Yep. And it's just like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, like, I know, I know that this is what it was like. I know that this is how people talked. And this was... You know, I'm not saying that that's not accurate. I'm just saying it that was, it's gross. It was so gross back then, <laughs> even if it was accurate. Yeah, yeah. And so just reading about it, it just gives me the ick in just such a major way. Like, I don't want to think about Nancy being this object to these men. I want to think about Nancy as being a powerful, clever, savvy detective. And this just absolutely throws that out of balance because it means that she no longer has agency in these moments, right? That she is at the mercy of these men mm-hmm. claiming her, you know, choosing her for a race and even manipulating her into situations where they're talking, leaving notes for her, mm-hmm. like, so that, like, she doesn't have an opportunity to, like, say no to yeah. a date. You know, it's not like they asked her. They're like, hey. We're going to be here at 930. You will meet us here. Yeah. You know, and especially, especially when you consider that these moments with these men are interspersed with like such violence, like Mm -hmm. they got thrown overboard. Yeah. (laughs) Like I know it wasn't from them. Right. But like you think about like that, setting up that expectation and how that leads to really dangerous situations. Like it just feels like such a highlight of like, this is. This is what being a disempowered woman feels like. And it's, you know? and it's almost, Nancy is, throughout the entire mystery stories, Nancy is positioned as something that, you know, our readers are supposed to look up to Nancy. Yeah. All these yeah. little girls are supposed to, you know, we want to be Nancy. She's so wonderful and up here and we want to emulate her because she's so smart and clever and she's so good at solving these mysteries and she's got all these random skills that just make her admirable and also all these boys want to claim her. So isn't that mm, something that mm-hmm. you as a little girl should strive for is to be isn't someone that, desirable? That, that men will want to to, to claim for themselves yeah. no when actually, we shouldn't aspire to this yeah and then when actually what it does is it sets you up to be at risk for oh yeah s- incredible violence mm-hmm. 
Because you're yeah. you've grown up reading this, you think that that's normal and cool, yeah. and aren't you? You're you're the popular girl, so this is you want to be um, thought mm-hmm. of in this way. No, you do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Nancy just yep. lets them do it. I mean, I don't know what what we can yeah, really expect Nancy thing. to do in in response to this uh, in the time period that she's I in. Mean, she could, you know, she could speak up. You well, know what she I could, mean? yeah, absolutely. And she, I mean, I think, I think a Nancy of the original text might have, you know, I like if, if somebody made those jokes about how like, oh, why are you avoiding us? And you know, why, you know, that's no excuse if you don't know us. And Nancy, Nancy, I think of the original text would think of something quippy to say to make them like sit the hell down. Yeah. You know what I she mean? She probably would. Yeah. She would, she would be like, you know what? Step off. I'm busy or whatever. Like, leave me alone. Whereas the Nancy in the revised text has to interact with them. She has to be more demure. She has to be this perfect little Miss Manners who Mm -hmm. is everything that a woman, quote unquote, should be for 60s, 70s. Desirable. Whereas the Nancy of the original text, I mean, of course, she just is desirable. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not because she's. She's not seeking it. Right. You know what I mean? She's not, she, she doesn't, even with the whole situation with her clothes shopping, like she has to go clothes shopping a lot to get new clothes. Well, yeah. But she's not, Hannah keeps reminding her like, hey, you need to do something. Like you need clothes. Like you need to go shopping. And Nancy's like, I'll have plenty of time for that. Mm -hmm. I'm busy. I have to go do this thing for my father. Like, you know, I, I'm. I've got too much going on right now. I can't possibly go shopping. I'll have to do that tomorrow. You know, so it's like her end goal isn't obviously be desirable. Is, <laughs> is not be desirable. It's she's investigating stuff. She's busy. Like which and is the yeah, trope she that we goes, love. <laughs> right. And yes, yeah, she goes to parties and yes, she has a good time. And yes, she's nice to people, but not to people who are rude to her mm-hmm. or like are gross. Picking on her because they her. want to like overpower her yeah yes yeah 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 so (sighs) anyway i could have done without them (laughs) rod wasn't Uh -uh. so bad but it was still like we expected nancy to be the object of his desires he didn't do anything wrong he wasn't acting like that rod yeah rod is honestly my favorite i would (laughs) love rod to replace ned both one syllable names that's interesting Mm -hmm. Hmm. Nick Gerson. Maybe it's Havelock and not Havelock. Havelock. Yeah. Havelock. Anyway. <laughs> like that is such, that is such a sexual name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rod? Rod? <laughs> oh my God. And like lock? All right. <laughs> okay. Rod, have a lock. Harriet, I'll have what a, were you have thinking? a lock with you, Rod. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Nancy, they even joke at one point that, like, because he's older, he might be, like, married and have kids or something. Oh, yeah. I, mm. <laughs> and um, listen, I I don't know if we've discussed my uh, desire for older men on this podcast. A little bit. Sam Trammell, sure. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So I'm into it. I'm into it. I mean, I know Nancy's young, but he wasn't pursuing her. Right. And so I think it's fine for her to be into him. <laughs> She's 18 in the revised. That's much better than yeah. a 16-year-old. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And the college friends that Ned is inviting, because by the way, yeah, Ned is in college and Nancy is 16 and they're dating in the original text and his friends that he invites, they're in college. They're college friends of Ned. Yeah. And so he's really into this 16 year old girl. That's weird. It that's is weird. Creepy. Even if he's like first semester freshman, that's right. We're still pushing still it a little weird. bit there. Yeah. But Nancy being slightly attracted to this older man who has a job is not weird. Well, no, and I mean, joking, teenage you know, girls have crushes on creepy. guys all the time. It's when and also the older she doesn't person... do anything about it. Right. It's not. It's just an innocent flirtation, you know. So I think that's fine. But cute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! But those other four guys, uh, those other four guys can take a hike, uh-huh, man. Yeah, gross. Get out of here. Ugh. Yeah. Also, why are they on this trip? Where? What are they doing in Holland? These American Spring college break. boys. I don't know. Who knows? Ew. Maybe it's summer break or something. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I guess if, if uh, Nilda is supposed to be starting school, that would make sense. Oh, yeah, of but. course. Yeah, it's probably like late summer. Hmm. Yeah. I think other than the uh, shoe borrowing, if you can even call it borrowing, (laughs) shoe demanding incident, that and the uh, sign language thing, that was really the only other things that I had. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, I mean, like, there's some plot holes, but there's always going to be plot holes. Of course. Nancy Drew books. You just can't get around it with these mystery stories, man. But aside from that, and I think aside from, you know, the normal issue of the revisions of you know, the criminals not really having any motive for their crime, you know, uh, it's fine. It's great. You know, it's mm-hmm. a great story. There's lots of, uh, you know, fun stuff that happens. It's interesting. Nancy gets herself into a lot of weird situations. and Keeps you on your toes read. as the reader, for sure. It really does. Mm-hmm. It really does. I was not bored ever. Not reading oh, no. the revised text, not reading the original text. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Flashlight score? Ooh, four and a half. Oh, Are you going to score the revised and original differently? Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, if we're going to do that, then yes, I will give the revised text a four and a half. Okay. But I give the original text five. <gasps> Ooh, okay. Excellent. Excellent. I give it five. It's so good. It's so good. Highly recommend. Yeah, I can't say that enough. Please read it. Please read it. <laughs> Thank you, Charity, for giving us yes. this recommendation. Yes. It was a great one. Thank you so much. Yes. It was a great choice. A great, great choice. <laughs> okay. Do you want to say what we're going to be doing next, Corey? Yes, because I'm so excited. Um, we cannot help ourselves but go back to the 1977 Nancy Drew Hardy Boys TV show with Pamela Sue Martin. We are actually going to skip a little bit ahead from the last time that we watched the show. We're going to do season two, episodes one and two. It's a two-part episode. Um, It is Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys Meet Dracula is the title. So we're going to cover both of those. (laughs) It's also the very first ever instance of Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys crossing over in the same mystery. So we can't help but you know obsess over this and cover it obviously so i'm so excited uh, me so too excited. me too i've seen it already i don't know if you've watched it i watched <laughs> I it haven't. probably like a year ago and i loved it so i cannot I wait to watch it again i think i think part of me has been waiting because i knew that we would be covering them mm-hmm. again in more detail because they're so good that i was like i don't want to spoil it i want to have my you know 
original reactions for you guys. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I will say Bess is in this one because she's uh, she's not in the first season at all. It's just George. Right. So just we'll George. get to meet, meet Bess finally, which I love. Oh, my God. I'm so pumped. Yes. I'm so pumped. Yes. Um, yeah. So very excited for that. And we hope that you guys will join us then. Yeah. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there... Thanks for listening. listening.